The one question that we should always ask ourselves as fathers is how can I perform at an elite level in fatherhood? In these episodes, we'll dive deep into that question and look to uncover the answers that will increase our performance as fathers. My name is Troy Woods, and this is the High Performance Fatherhood Podcast. We are, uh, we have a special guest, and I'm super excited. Um, you know, when we started this podcast, we've been through a, a, a couple iterations of it, but this guy was somebody that I always wanted to have on the podcast. Um, his story is incredible. Um, I felt that I could relate to much of what he was saying, and the biggest thing is that he has a heart for people, he's transparent, and uh, he just has a lot of information I think is going to help so many men out there. So I would like to welcome to the show none other than my brother, Dr. Donald Morton. Sir, how are you today? Man, incredible. I'm like a uh, a kid at Christmas. <laughs> uh, being, being, being able to have these kinds of conversations, which uh, customarily don't happen among men uh, right. in the way they really should. Uh, it always excites me. So thank you. I'm honored. I'm humbled to be here and ready to ready to talk about all the things that we need to talk about. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I think, you know, we'll we'll get kind of get right into it. Um, I, I would I normally start with having folks tell me a little bit about themselves. We're going to do that. But I think what people are going to find out the way that we're going to start this. I think your story is going to come out through your project. So yeah. for those that don't know, he is the CEO of the Reman Project. Um, and I have information on it, but I want him just to to tell you all, what is the Reman Project? What is his mission? What are you guys doing? And, and, and what type of impact are you guys having? Yeah, thank you for that, man. Uh, the Reman Project really is, I mean, it was only started in 2019, uh, but I've been dealing with brothers mm -hmm. for the last 25 years, mm -hmm. right? Just attempting to kind of create a space where guys have the opportunity to become healthy and whole, particularly, right, in, in Black communities, right, right where, where brothers are traditionally traumatized uh, by the things that happen in urban space, you know, my goal was to kind of make sure that we did something about that by creating a different kind of brother, right? right. You can't always change the environment, but you can change the brother in the environment. Correct, correct. Right, and so uh, the Reman Project started in 2019 out of this, this need to really address a society that is continually feminine leaning. Right. Um, and, that, and, that, and that is not a dig to the sisters. The sisters killing the game. They, they, they really are. They're killing the game. Right. But they're killing the game because there are support systems and structures in place for sisters, for uh, young people that are not in place for adult males and adult black males in particular. Right. Right. And so because I saw recording that, in progress, you know, because I saw that it became really important to me uh, to create a process, a science that would create wholeness for guys mm -hmm. um, and thus the importance of the Reman Project. And at the Reman Project, our sole mission is to help 
black men in particular, black businessmen in particular, break cycles, interrupt patterns, disrupt behaviors mm -hmm. uh, that are causing them to miss their highest and level best and get them to transform uh, their lives, their leadership and their legacies, right? Because if that happens, then what I've learned is that if you get a man together, family is together. Absolutely. Get a family together, society is together. So we can continue to pick the low hanging fruit and act as if uh, we can try to transform laws and all those kinds of things. I think that's, I think there's space for that, but our goal is to transform the culture one man at a time. So if I can get to the, to the brother, he will stand up in his family. And if that family is healthy, the overall culture changes. So, so we don't, we don't try to change the culture. I'm, I'm after, I'm after a dude that will ultimately change the culture. Man, that, that, <sighs> you know, I, I want to ask you how you navigate these waters because we're, we're in a, a very uh, unique time where yeah. we live in a country where, uh, there's freedom of speech, but not so much. And so, <laughs> so when, when we particularly come down to manhood, you know, I saw, I, I saw, uh, I saw something on social media yesterday that, and it basically said, if I tell you I love pancakes, that doesn't mean I hate waffles. And right. we're, we're, we're in such a binary society where it's either this or it's that. Yes. And so I want to because this is something with me, especially having um, a son who's 12 yes. and navigating these waters that we're in in society. I, I want to go back to what you first mentioned about um, the feminine aspect that's being projected onto our males and yes. how it's being weaved in society. And, and I, let me say this because I know I'm connected to a lot of different people on social media, right? Yeah. But I want to get this out of the way quick so that we don't have to address this on the other end. Yeah. The reason that I had Dr. Morton come on here and wanted him on the show is because I wanted this. I know the conversations that I have offline with men. I know the challenges that they're having. Um, and I know also that we're living in this quote-unquote cancel culture, right? So yes. if if someone does not believe that we should be talking about the topics that particularly impact men, then this is probably not the podcast for you yeah. because yeah. we, we do a lot of fluff. We do a lot of kind of talking around. And when I get the issues, when guys talk to me about what they're going through, they're not doing it. Like, this is my problem. How do I deal with it? My son is going through this. How do I deal with this as a man? Like, yeah. how, how do I do? So I want to go back and talk about, really quickly, what are you seeing in that aspect of uh, femininity being uh, pushed yes. um, in our culture now as it pertains to men? Yeah, that, that's a brilliant question. And um, what, what I've had to convince guys of is their unique contribution Mm -hmm. to society that is irreplaceable. No matter what anyone says to a guy, right? Mm -hmm. uh, th this, this idea that we are supposed to be convinced that sisters can do it by themselves, 
We've got a lot of single parenting going on that mm -hmm. traditionally happens uh, by our sisters. Mm -hmm. And it's because that there is now, I, I, did, I, did a, um, I did an interview a couple of years ago, so an article was written about the work of the Remand Project. And a part of what we addressed is, is the black male now irrelevant to the black family? Is mm -hmm. he is he irrelevant, right? Because we've got we've got sisters who are doing their best with with raising kids, mm -hmm. and and I'm gonna say something controversial that there are many people that disagree with me, but that's that's just my twist. It's what go. I do. Let's go. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm always gonna piss somebody off. Right. right I feel you. So <laughs> so if your child is raised in a single parent household mm -hmm. without the unique contribution that dad brings, your child is at a deficit. Absolutely. And it may not show up immediately for a person to be able to see, but it will show up, right? Because mm -hmm. there is a unique contribution that men bring to the table in the same way, bruh, that there's a unique contribution that the sisters bring to the table. Absolutely. A part of what happens now, though, is no one questions the unique contribution that our sisters bring to the table, but everybody questions whether or not a man is genuinely relevant there to the go. family conversation, to the societal conversation. Absolutely. And what we see by the data for anyone that just wants to check out, this is not anecdotal, right? There's mm -hmm. a data that says that when a man is not in the house, when he is not involved, then violent crime goes up, incarceration goes up, teenage pregnancy goes up, suicide goes up. All of those things that are social ills increase when a man's not involved, Absolutely. right? Because there is a unique contribution that we bring. And so to, to your point a moment ago, um, we, and we saw, we, we, we get a chance to answer this with the whole idea of Black Lives Matter, right? right so when- right. When, when, when Black Lives Matter came about, we got frustrated with everyone that would say, well, Blue Lives Matter too, right? Or, or Jewish Lives Matter or White Lives Matter, mm -hmm. right? So we would push back and say, yeah, we get that. Mm -hmm. But right now the conversation is around those that are most marginalized in this conversation and mm -hmm. that is Black Lives, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So when people say to me, yeah, but sisters' lives matter too. Are you pushing the sisters aside? I'm saying no, but I will promise you that the black male house is on fire. Right. And I, and so we've got to put out that fire. Right. And putting out that fire doesn't mean that we don't need to address these other issues. It just means that right now the focus has to be on adult black males if we hope to transform the society and culture in a way that I think we want to do. I saw something yesterday, uh, actually two days ago, um, and again, prayers prayers for everyone that were impacted by the latest hurricane that we had. They drew a yes. parallel to it, and they said, praying for Louisiana, but remember, all states matter. And then it said, you see how crazy that sounds. Right. And I, I, I think right. it goes back to what you said. In this situation, Louisiana needs help now. Like, it's on, in your turn, it's on fire. Right. Yes. And so I think a lot of um, what I've noticed, too, and, and I think there is a unique aspect that we don't really address 
is that if we look at the performance of females on social media and what they're able to do and the, the absolute nature of women to have conversations, to talk and to yes. to form these sisterhoods and these bonds, they're killing it on social media. Right. Yes. Guys, yes. not so much. We have our yeah. unique, you know, we'll have our one offs here and there that are absolutely killing the game on social media and they're getting their messages out. The reason I bring that into the conversation is because social media runs everything now. Absolutely. So if if you if you extrapolate that part of it, you can see how the messages of men is not being projected as it should. Because if you look at the platforms, we're not really showing up in the same capacity, Correct. you know, and, and again, a lot of it is, you know, Instagram, a lot of it's sexualized and all the other stuff. And I get that. But as far as when it comes to business, as far as when it comes to um, what it is that you're doing, even if it's just being a dad, even if it's just sharing your life, men like, look, I got to go to work. I don't have time to be playing on it, you know, because we haven't really fully grasped the power that that tool has in, in the, in the lives that it, that it reaches. So really quickly, um, without giving too much of the proprietary away, because I know it's, it's a program you have, tell me about the character arc and, and, and and a little bit about that. Yes. So, so here's my definition for character. Mm -hmm. Character is the capacity to meet face and overcome adverse realities. The Remand Project is solely about being able to face an adverse reality and overcome it, not shrink from it, not run from it. Mm -hmm. And a part of the challenges that brothers are seeing is when we're met with an adverse reality, particularly the dude of today, when we're met with an adverse reality, we've got a couple of things that we can do. We can run from it. Mm-hmm. We can anesthetize it, drugs, alcohol, porn, right? Right. Um, or, or we can at some point face it and make a different kind of choice to do something about where my life is going. And a part of a part of what I've had to convince our brothers black brothers in particular Mm -hmm. is that the trajectory of your life you own the system doesn't own it there's no white boogeyman out here that owns it you own the destiny of your life right right god we call we call god inside the remand project the source right we don't call him god because we've got agnostics, we got Christians, we got Buddhists, we got Muslims, we mm-hmm. got all kinds. I'm a card-carrying Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been all my life, but I am not adverse to a guy who thinks differently about the God question than I do. Right. Absolutely. So the Remand Project is not a Christian organization. Um, and what I've what I've seen with guys is everyone wants to blame someone else for their lot in life. Mm-hmm. And there's an internal and external locus of control, right? When I decide to own my life, when I feel like I own my life, I will take it in the direction that is best for me and for my life to go. When I don't, mm-hmm. when I feel like all of these external things are things that are controlling my life, I'll give up and stop trying. So the mm-hmm. character arc is about 
it, it, at its core, how do I train a guy internally to face whatever adversity he's got to face, be able to overcome it and move on with his life? Life is about adversity. It's one adversity after another. What we don't do well at for several reasons, right? By the mm -hmm. way, what we don't do well at is facing the adversity, making good decisions in the middle of that adversity, mm -hmm. and then moving on with our lives. So, so the character arc is all about tweaking, disrupting the decisions that are coming from a different kind of mentality, a different kind of spirit. How do I disrupt that? How do I break those cycles? How do I interrupt those patterns? So that guy ultimately becomes the man that he wants to become. All of that is the result of character. We, we say it this way, man, and then I'll be done. No, we, we say it this way that even the guys that are coming out of incarceration, those that have been justice involved, mm -hmm. we have told them for years and for decades, when you come out, there's going to be help for you. Man, listen to me. Adversity is waiting to throw you a parade. It doesn't go away. You are faced with it again. And if you haven't learned how to negotiate and navigate the landmines that come with everyday life, you are going back to prison, right? So the question for us is not how I get him to behave differently. Mm -hmm. The question is, how do I get him to think differently mm -hmm. to expand his capacity to deal with the challenges that come with life. And as a result of that, he'll behave differently. My thinking determines my behavior. My behavior determines my habits. My habits determine my character and my character sets the destiny for my life. If I, if I don't interrupt that process with a good way of thinking for as a man thinks in his core, Mm -hmm. That's who he is, mm -hmm. right? My life will follow the direction of the way that I think. And my job is to interrupt those patterns that are internal so that he can make different kinds of decisions that ultimately lead to a different kind of outcome. So what do you think when it when it comes down to um, when it comes down to um, family, right? Yes. When it comes down to family, what do you think as it pertains to because one of the things. I'm not in that situation, so I don't down it. I I just try to understand it from a you would think common sense perspective. Yes. When with 300 fathers, my job is not just to make guys feel good; it's also to have some level of accountability. And in, in what they're doing. Why I have all these kids, man? Like you know, it's it's like I get it. Things happen. Might even happen twice, yes. right? <laughs> right. When you get around three, four, five, right. it's like, come on, man. You know, it, it it it's really our sisters have had to carry the weight yes. in a lot of situations for so long. That's yes. why now that they're shining, I'm yes. cool with it. You know, because yes. they've they've dealt with so much from. Like you were saying, if we don't feel like we know the destiny of our life, we pretty much just let it go. We don't take yes. control of it and move in the direction that we should go. So yes. what what do you think men could do or the the mindset that men should have as it relates to fathering children? Because yeah. it, you we can go back generations. It's yes. been going on. For, this isn't nothing new. Like this has been happening since we got here. 
Yes. So we got to have some type of shift in our mindset to yes. understand the responsibility and that we're perpetuating a cycle. Yeah. Where are you on that particular thing as far as responsibility in fatherhood? Yeah, I, I, I think that's another great question, man. And and listen, we we teach manhood before fatherhood, <laughs> right? There you go. That, that there are so many brothers who have become fathers without having had the, the time to become men. Right. And so we carry immaturity into fatherhood because no one taught us manhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it goes back to what we just said a moment ago, right? And that is, um, if I don't know how to manage the adversities that come with everyday life, mm-hmm. I'm going to check out. I'm going to check out. Men want to win. Mm-hmm. This whole thing is a game. We want right. to win. And when I feel inept, at what I'm doing, because perhaps my father wasn't around. I didn't have a mentor. We're going to talk about that too, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, this idea that we've become a society of surrogates, mm-hmm. where we have led biological fathers off the hook. Mm-hmm. As long as a young man's got a big brother, as long as he's got an uncle. It no, no, find that. Yeah. Let's, let's find biological, let's yeah. invest in him right. so that he be- can become the best possible father he can be. Right. There's a book that I want to recommend uh, to you, bro, and to and to the audience. Okay. It's called Doing the Best I Can. Okay. And in that book, remember, I believe, uh, don't quote me on the on the date, man, but I think it's back in 1986. There was a documentary called The Vanishing Black Family. Mm-hmm. Right. And in that documentary, they chose one guy, Troy, right? One mm-hmm. dude that they focused on who had, to your point, like, I don't know, seven kids, Mm -hmm. right? And they asked him the question, why do you continue to have kids and you don't take care of the kids? Mm -hmm. This is what he said. Because what I don't do, the system will do, right? What I don't do, the system will do. Mm -hmm. So they said, well, do you have any involvement with your kids? No. Mm-hmm. What about your child, your children's mother? I don't have any involvement with her either. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you wear a condom? The, the sisters don't want no dude with a condom. Mm-hmm. This is the corny stuff mm-hmm. that is in the minds of some men, right? Mm-hmm. So what they did was they took that documentary, bro, and they they broadcast it everywhere as if that guy represented, represented yep. all men, yep. right? So there's a book that was written to argue that against that, and it's called Doing the Best I Can. Um, And in that book, what they do is they chronicle the lives of guys, I think, in Philly and Jersey. Okay. And what they noticed was this, that when a a male um, impregnates a young lady, Mm -hmm. He's really excited about the potential of having a child, right? Mm-hmm. It's his shorty or it's his seed or, mm-hmm. you know, I got my namesake coming, right? Mm-hmm. And so and so, what then happens is he has a child or his lady has a child and then adversity comes. And because he doesn't know how to manage adversity, no one has taught him what to do 
when when you and your lady get in an argument about the child. Mm-hmm. No one taught you that coming out of prison, you impregnate a young lady and you don't have a job. Now you got to figure out how to make ends meet and you got a crime, baby. You got a young lady looking at you like, what are we going to do? That's an adverse reality that no one taught him to manage. Mm-hmm. So here's what he does. The dad approves it, right? Mm-hmm. He checks out. And then he goes, finds another lady, and he starts to cycle all over again. Mm -hmm. So he does that six, seven, eight times. And what he doesn't realize is the X factor in every one of those relationships is him. him. Right, 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 right. right. So so what what we've got to argue against, Troy, is this idea that guys are busted guys who just don't want to do right that's not the truth Mm -hmm. they want to do right Mm -hmm. they don't have the tools and so when you mentioned accountability that's exactly what they have to have someone like you someone like me that says hey my man you got to hang in there Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. i'm gonna give you the tools i'm gonna give you the character right to be able to navigate it all because it never goes away. And it doesn't matter whether it's with your children, it doesn't matter whether it's with your employer, it doesn't matter whether it's with your health, you will face adversity. This life is ugly, man. It's messy, it's Mm -hmm. nasty. It is advanced citizenship. And to the degree that you know how to manage all of that, then your life becomes better. Right. Life doesn't get easier. You get better at managing a difficult life. Right, right, right. Right? right and right. so so, so guys genuinely try to keep doing it until they figure out they can get it right. And mm-hmm. if no one says, this is how you get it right, mm-hmm. then he'll continue to make the mistakes he's been making. Man, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, but it's 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 good information because, you know, man, <laughs> I look at so many things that go on in our society that once something becomes legal, we just run with it. Oh, it's legal. It, like the, the the topic of the hour, weed. Weed. <laughs> Stay off the weed. No, but. I look at so many men that don't understand the ramifications of let's just take that. Right. For instance, you mess up your employment. Right. Yes. And it's it's I think we're so short sighted when it comes to certain things because we're looking for which goes back to men repeating the cycle with women. Yes. We're looking for that gratification in the moment without understanding the consequences that come with it, right? Yeah. Um, It's like cussing somebody out. You can do it, but you can't cuss your balls out. You can, like, it's not illegal to do that, but it's probably not in your best interest to do that at the same time, (laughs) right? right? So I I look at guys that, you know, uh, I've seen show up in the morning. Yes. Show up for work. You can smell it. And they're like, why are you sending me home? Because we don't want this around our clients. It's right. not illegal, but it doesn't represent. And so now we're we're in this de facto state of, it seems like, warring in our society where we're fighting against rules because we've never had to abide by them in our homes, in our in our in our immediate cultures. And so it's like, I, no, I should be able to smoke. I should be able to smoke weed. I should be able to do this. Okay, it's it's not saying that you can't. 
Yes. But until you get to the point where you control your own economy, yes. until you get to the point yes. where you don't need anyone else, you just like dress codes and different things like that, you have to abide by certain rules until you can get to the point where you can create your own. And if you can't abide by these rules, you probably won't get to the point where you can truly create right. your own. Your and, own. Absolutely right. And I don't understand. Well, I do understand it. These They're not hearing these conversations, right? Because I think people have started shutting off. I don't know if it's they feel that they're not heard. I don't yes. know if they feel like, you know, I'm an I'm a advocate of or I study how, like when the Black Lives Matter movement started, right? And mm -hmm. everything that happened with George Floyd and all that, we should have stood up for that. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, we can't ignore what's <laughs> been going right. on in Chicago, Baltimore, That's all right. these other places That's for right. decades. That's we right. can't ignore that. Say, we it goes back to the blame. We always are looking to blame Absolutely. We're not looking to have a level of accountability. And so I don't know. Like, I've had moms come up and say, look, I need some type of mentorship for my child. Um, because, like, you're right. You, you said that men have a unique contribution that they bring to the family. Yes. A lot of women, a lot of mothers, they get it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you'll have some that'll be like, I don't need a man, whatever. But I would say majority yeah. understand that. It's just obviously the relationship with the father didn't work out for one reason or other. So yeah. the way that women are constructed, they're, the nurturing side kicks in. They don't just want to let any old person in that child's life. That's right. So we have to provide the mentorship, but at the same time, get back to where you're saying we're not letting a biological father off the hook. Right. When it comes to mentorship, what do you yeah. think as it relates to, and that's why I wanted to set this podcast up because yes. manhood comes before, should yes. come before fatherhood, but most yes. times we flip it. It does. Yeah, absolutely. And we're trying to become men on the back end. Absolutely. While everything is burning on the front end. So Absolutely. your thoughts on mentorship and how that, how can we do that and still reach that, the biological dad? Because that's the first thing, you know, you don't, because we got egos, man. Let's just deal. Men have egos. The relationship yeah. won't work, but then we don't want a dude around your kid. Like, I don't want this dude, but you're not doing what you need to do. So how can yeah. we, how can we do that? as far as like from a level of mentorship? Yeah, so so here's a shocking reality from my perspective, bro. I, I don't, I celebrate the work of mentorship. I just don't agree with it. Okay. Uh, I, I think, I think, and I understand why we do it. Right. Right. Um, but I don't agree with it. Okay. Because ultimately what happens is and we've seen this over decades, right? What happens is as long as there is some level of mentoring programs and we put we put a whole lot of dollars, mm -hmm. governmental dollars, mm -hmm. right? In mentoring programs mm -hmm. to train mentors mm -hmm. to be there for another man's child. Right. I know, I know, I know two instances right now 
without exaggeration, I know two instances right now where men live across the street from their children. They have nothing to do with them. Across That's the street. Crazy. That's crazy, right? That's across the street from their children, have nothing to do with their children and helping their lady that they live with, with her kids. That's insane, man. Right? So, so my perspective, which is a bit out of the box, is this. Those dollars that we are taking, and my premise is the book. My premise is in understanding that dudes genuinely want to be better. Mm-hmm. They do. They want to be better. They just feel inadequate and inept, mm-hmm. right? So why don't we take a portion of those dollars that we are spending on mentorship and invest in programs for biological fathers? Mm-hmm. Who genuinely wants to be better, mm-hmm. but nobody values him. Nobody says, hey man, let me, let me, let me help you get a job. Like, like the Reman Project is currently contracted with the Division of Child Support Services here in Delaware. I, I, yep. I just right. I saw I saw that and we we gotta touch on that because I'll tell you why in a second. But go ahead. Okay. And so and so, you know, uh what we've been able to do and negotiate with it with with the state of Delaware is this a guy that works with us, we're gonna get him employed. But what we've said to uh the D- Department of Health and Social Services here, uh, we are essentially in one part of our contract, we are a workforce development organization, right? Mm-hmm. But what we've said to them is you can get a guy a job, but he won't keep it. Mm-hmm. He won't have no character. So the moment an employer talks greasy, he's mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Right. And so so getting a job is not the issue. The issue is can he maintain it? Can he sustain it? <laughs> my mom, my mom crazy, man. My mom said to the group of guys that were um came to a job fair, no, not job fair, community meeting about jobs. And, mm-hmm. And the dude said, they don't want to hire us. My mom said, hey, let me ask you a question. (laughs) (laughs) She's crazy, Joe. She said, let me ask you a question. If an employer were to come in right now and interview you, could you pass the drug test? (laughs) He said, come on, Reverend Morgan. No, no, my man. The question is, could you pass the drug test? He just put his head down. Right. So it's not the employer, right? right? It's your ability to get and to maintain a job because you got all this other stuff happening that you've not learned to negotiate, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I believe that the greater question is not around mentorship for young people. I believe with all my heart, man, the greater question is how do I mentor a dad? Mm-hmm. How do I mentor a biological father and how do I give him the tools to step back into that family and recognize that you're going to get tremendous pushback, dude, because you ain't been there. You're going to have to right. swallow that, right? right? Do you have the character and right. capacity to swallow that until you're in stable footing with your child, they're going to cuss you out. They're going to call you all kinds of names. Mm-hmm. They're they going to go through all that. And you're going to have to be man enough to sit in that. Right? right. Can you sit in that? Let them get all that off their chest. Can mm-hmm. you be present mm-hmm. and allow them to get, now I can't go through it. They ain't going to disrespect me. I'm their father. No, my man, you don't get a chance to be dad when it's convenient for you. Right. 
miss me with that, right? right? right. You have the responsibility to sit in the emotional state of your child. And this is what we teach in the Remand Project. This is what runs most brothers away. Can you not only sit in the emotion of your child, Mm -hmm. but can you make sure mom's good? Because the truth of the matter is mom, right? Mm -hmm. Her emotional state, her stability Mm -hmm. impacts your child. So so it's in the best interest of your child for you and mom to get along. I want to give you some tools, help you and mom get along, help you reintegrate back into with a relationship with your child. And if you're not willing to do that, right, because you you can't you can't deal with the ego that you got to your point, which is a brilliant point. You got ego. You're immature. And the worst thing in the world is a brother that's got an ego that's immature. That's a loaded gun, bro, man. (laughs) I mean, it's it's so much work that's got to be done, man. Yes, It, it, it. because you can't attack just one aspect. Yeah, it's almost like, and I, I think that's why Remand Project, Three Hundred Fathers. I think that's why you need all of this because yeah. one person, one organization, right? You, you, it's almost like you can't hit it with a buckshot, right? It, it's, <laughs> it's, it's got it's precision targeting with each one yes. of those, which takes yes. a lot of resources, um, uh, in and of itself because. Man, it, it's like you don't. You, we see the fall of so many men. Yes, and and ladies, when you hear this, don't take this personal. Don't <laughs> take this personal. But just like you say, look at the data. Look at look right. at normally what happens, especially men in power. Yes, it's behind a woman, man. It's 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 yes. our weakness, right? Yes, and. As some, because I'm, I'm going to say this because I also believe it takes two to make a child. We yes. obviously know that. Yes. A lot of women know that the programs that they will need will be there for yes. them. Right. Yes. And so a lot of times that that level of responsibility, they're not even it's. Uh, look, I'm not without calling names because I don't have a name to call. Yes. We see it sometimes it's just a it's a check. Yes. Because I'm gonna have an 18-year check. Yes. Through the system. And that's yes. why, not to get political, but that's why when I tell us when we when when we're ha- when we're in these political seasons and we're we're yes. we're we're talking about our laws and different things. Look, man. I have a shirt that's going in our store. It has Democrat crossed out, Republican yes. crossed out, and it says Father yep. underneath yes. of it. Yes. We have to really start looking at the issues and representation when it comes to us, regardless of the face that's yes. on it. Yes. Because a lot of – I see both sides, right? Yes. Um, and I wish I could be independent, but you can't vote in the primaries most times as an independent, right? But um, we really have to start looking at the issues that particularly impact our homes because it is time out 
if if you need help, fine, but you shouldn't depend on it. Like that that shouldn't be your crutch. Like I like you're already thinking about that before you even do what you do. Like I know yes. if this happens, I'm gonna be good. You know what I'm yes. saying? Situations like we just saw with the pandemic, they happen to everybody that's outside of our control, right? But yes. when you're planning on it, yes, there's a level of responsibility on both sides, right? Yes. We're talking about the men, but it's really on it's really on both sides because yes. just how Men need to make quality decisions. Women need to make quality decisions so you can have a quality family. Yes. Because at the end of the day, Absolutely. these kids are going to school. They don't, they're, 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 um, uh, what do you call it? They're acting out. Yes. Because most of the times things going on at home. Yes. You, you know what I mean? So um, your story, right? Yes. Yes. Tell me a little bit about person because i don't think it's in the things that we do there's always a little bit of us personally wrapped up into it as far as the, the mission without question i was looking at your bio and one of the things that just jumped out was you had to get you straight yes first yes um a lot of men aren't willing to to look themselves they want to start okay i'm gonna start right now and I'll be good going forward, but they don't want to address. Tell me a little right. bit about that, man. Like, how, what was your process in addressing past things? You don't have to name the past things, but how yes. did? Because I think that's a vital part here. Yeah, it, we really want to start and go forward, but you can't do. You have to go back, address certain yeah. things, yes. and then go forward. What was your process, and how did you mentally prepare yourself? to to address those things whatever yeah whatever. man uh my my process was uh probably the ugliest process bruh um but necessary mm -hmm. right um because you get an opportunity to learn that you can you can make you have a right to choose whatever choices or decisions you're gonna make mm -hmm. You don't have a right to choose consequences. The mm -hmm. consequences are what the consequences are. And mm -hmm. you you have to, you gotta be able to eat that. So, <clears throat> so you know, I'm a junior. Okay. Right? My, my father's name is actually uh, Edward Donald Morton Sr. Mm -hmm. um, I'm Edward Donald Morton Jr. And you'll understand why I call myself Donald in, in a moment. Um, growing up, man, my parents were together for the first nine, 10 years, mm -hmm. right? So same house. We live in a place here called, uh, Rose Hill. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> my, um, my father was an alcoholic. Okay. My mother is a minister now, but she drank as much as my father did right? okay. <laughs> back, back at that time. Right. And so my father my father, man, um, and I love my dad. Usually I tear up when I talk about him because my father left me three times, mm, mm -hmm. right? He's in the house, but he's emotionally absent. Mm. He's physically there. He just, he's empty, man, right? So I never heard I love you from my dad's lips. Right. Um, 
he, he will watch the games. You know, I'll be like, hey, dad, let's go throw the ball. His, his, go ask your mom. To throw the ball? To throw right. the football? Go, go ask your mom. And so, so he was emotionally absent the first time he left me, right? Mm. And then because my father and my mother fought every weekend, I mean, every weekend without fail, both of them get tipsy. Mm-hmm. And usually, my mom would tell you this if she were on here, she was the abuser. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. So my dad, I remember one time as a young boy, man, my dad, my mom threw my dad, you know, the sliding door, glass sliding mm-hmm. doors, she threw him through the window. Wow. And called the cops. They locked him up. Wow. Right? <laughs> so she she abused him, called the cops, they locked him up. And, and so it got so bad that my father moved okay. from Delaware to Long Beach, California. Okay. Wow. Right? I want you to think with me as a young nine-year-old little boy. Mm-hmm. I know geography. I know you can't get any further right, from right. Delaware than Long Beach, California right. before you go international, right? You you, you got to leave the country. Right. So in my mind, I'm like, yo, what's up with me? Mm. That even when you're here, you, you're not emotionally here. And now you're going to leave me altogether. I can't, I don't have the wherewithal at that time to think about the fact that they got problems. I'm, I'm, I'm selfish. I'm like, what's going on, man? You left me. He left me the second time, he left me geographically. And then dude, my mom and my father, two years later, decide they're going to work it out. Right. Mm-hmm. He's on his way home and they're working it out there. I hear him clowning on the phone and everything's good. A week before the dude is due to come home, he dies. He 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 was found with blood on the walls. Hey man, he he drank himself to death. Right? And so he leaves me emotionally, he leaves me geographically, then he leaves me eternally. I'm sitting at the funeral while everybody's crying. My sister is a fainter, right? So she's fainting. My mom's crying. All my uncles, everybody crying. I'm sitting on the front row like this. My nickname's Buddy. So they asked me, Buddy, you good? You can let it out. I'm like, let what out? In that box is a bunch of unanswered questions. Mm. Like, who, who's going to tell me what it is to be a young man? Who's going to tell me? I do rob me, man. You know, so 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 I'm angry. I'm pissed, right? Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know. I was probably in my twenties, man. My grandmother gave my mom a letter mm-hmm. that my dad wrote to my grandmother. Wow. And this is what the letter so said. So, how much time it passed between the funeral and it? So I was twelve at the funeral. Okay. I'm I'm probably 25. Okay. When I get the letter. Okay. Right. The letter says he's right. He wrote to my mom, my grandma, while he's in California. I don't know why my grandma took so long to get it to me, but she got it to my mom. My mom gave it to me, and it said this: "Hey, mom, tell my son I loved him. I just didn't know how to be a dad." Mm. 
and know what to do. Then he said this second thing. He said, my only prayer for my son is that he be the man I never could. So from 12 to 25, I'm angry. And the dude that never told me that he loved me has expressed it in a letter. But I'm, I'm living a different reality than the what the man feels. Mm-hmm. He's gone now, so he mm-hmm. can't tell me. Right, right. right. And then my mom says, son, I remember sitting in her living room crying. And she says, son, let me tell you this. This is what you don't know. Your father didn't know his father. He never met his father. Cycles. Cycle, right? So going back to the reason why the Man Project exists, the reason why I do what I do, break cycles, interrupt patterns, disrupt behaviors, right? And she said, he... He found out that his name wasn't even his name, right? Wow. So he goes into the military. He's got to, he's got to um, get a a birth certificate, mm-hmm. right? And he looks on the birth certificate and looks at his name. His name ain't even his name. So here's a guy who doesn't know his father. Here's a guy who has no sense of identity. He's in traumatized so expecting a traumatized guy to show up for his son and to be a good husband i don't know what the heck he's doing man he 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 now he had a great stepfather right mm-hmm. uh my my grandmom's husband uh john soret great dude i mean just a great great dude and he did his best to kind of raise my dad right but here's what i need everybody to hear Mm-hmm. that we don't talk about. Mm-hmm. Even when a young man has a mentor, there is a biological sized hole, yep. dad sized hole in the soul of every young boy that can't be filled with no mentor. He's still looking for identity and asking the question, why don't my dad want me? So we can continue to provide all these surrogates mm-hmm. or we can do something about the only question that a young man is asking, where my dad at? Mm-hmm. And even the guys that are just genuinely angry, I don't want nothing to do with my dad, F him. I've heard it all mm-hmm. until I hug them and they break. Well, my dad don't want me, man. man. Right? And so everyone that thinks like in my dad's instance, bruh, that dude loved me. He didn't know how to express it. Nobody taught him. He's got his own things that he's trying to search like, and he's trying, no one taught him manhood. So he was inept at fatherhood and inept in every other area of life. Because if you don't address that first, then the immature guy that you are is gonna show up as an immature husband and immature father. And believe it or not, the, the one thing we don't talk about is the responsibility I have as a son to an elderly parent. My mom is 83 years old. She may call me and say, I just need you to put my water up because she can't lift it. I got that responsibility, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so so my, my father, man, in my mind, was the greatest dude in the world. And he's the greatest dude in the world because he had enough 
capacity and wherewithal to at least write a letter. I love my right. son. Just right. don't know what the heck I'm doing with all this. Right. And there are a lot of guys, man, that are out here. They love their kids. They want to win and they don't know how. So they literally think that the best thing they can do is stay away from stay the away. children. Right. Man, it is <laughs> that is uh I, I get it. I get it. And um it's something about that age. You said you were twenty five. Uh I think I was twenty say when I found out that who I thought was my biological father wasn't wow and you're right the thing that most women do the best they can do but if people that knew me growing up were to look at my life man you know I lived in Guam for four years I traveled in the Pacific man you had a like you know, it's my, my stepfather, you know, it taking me, da 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 And it were amazing experiences. Yeah. But when you hit manhood, dude, I'm I'ma tell you the crazy and I <laughs> my brother's gonna probably be, you know, man, you know how we do with stuff. We don't hey man, what you talking about? Don't 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 put that out. But I'ma tell you one of the things that hurt me the most was yeah. when I found out I went to GW. And um, mom, at the time, no, she told me this after after the fact, once, once I confronted her. My biological father, how he did it, I have no idea. But he will call her and say, I saw Troy today. On campus. Wow. It's thousand, like, how did you see me? And this happened a couple of times. He had his own family. Mm. Right? And I was like, so I had a quote unquote great childhood. But people don't understand there is that hole is real because Absolutely. you are trying to find your identity. Absolutely. Because before social media, before YouTube, before electronics, before your identity was found in the village, like these, you came up through, this is your father, this is your grand. That's how you formed your, your, your being by yes. Yes. who you were around. Yes. You can make the best out, but you don't know, like doctors ask you, Hey, uh, did your father have this? You're like, I yes. don't know. I don't know. I don't right. know. You know what I mean? Like you don't know. And Man, I'm telling you, when, when you're right, when guys have that wall, yes. If you get beyond that wall, yes. And dudes are hurt, yes. Dudes are hurting because they don't have answers, but the world is set up that they're not allowed to express that, and that's one of right. the things that we wanted to do was get these guys behind closed doors so they can right. get that off their chest, right? And hopefully start the process. Right. Of moving forward because we grow up, we're angry, then we're angry with the kids, then we're angry at our job, then we're angry about everything else is going on because we never really addressed prior yep. hurts and deficiencies, right? So really quick question for yeah. you. 
child yes. support, right? I yes. put up a question um, and <laughs> before this interview was even set up, yes. and then everything just kind of fell in place. Um, I got, I asked people, what do you want us to cover? What's kind of topics? Man, child support came through several times. Okay. Um, I saw a guy with a shirt that said, child support is for absent fathers, not failed relationships. Right. Mm, I saw that. Right. And so my question to you is, do you believe the child support system, do you think it needs reformation? Oh, without question. Okay. Yeah, without question. The child support system, um, in in many regards, um, I get it, mm -hmm. right, that we have... Um, I think the quote that the brother gives is is an accurate one, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so I know that there's a lot of work being done on a national level around mm -hmm. child support uh, reformation, mm -hmm. right? Uh, because literally, I, like I was sent to jail a couple of times. Wow. And, and it wasn't, it was, I, I've fortunately, never had to go there was this right so when your arrears build um i was a teenage dad man mm -hmm. you know so you know I, I put up a post some time ago about what it means to be a teenage dad and all of the uh, disappointments that you know the broken promises that you make all, all those kinds of things i went through all that and i want to shout out you know my oldest son his name is kishad his mother's name is kim and Kim was incredibly patient with me at some level, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'll tell you why I say that in a minute. Uh, but, you know, I, I broke a lot of promises. I missed a lot of payments. Um, and, you know, and then you struggle with, it, it, is what I'm paying going to my child or is it going to yeah. her? Is she getting her nails done? What yeah. the heck is this, right? And so I remember telling the judge, I said, hey, I said, hey, listen, I felt I felt a little froggy that day, right? So I said, hey, listen, let me tell you this. Um, I ain't paying another dime. I don't know where all this money's going. It wasn't like it was a lot of money, but right. it was a lot of money to me because it's coming out of my check, right? Right. right. And I don't know where all this money going, but I ain't paying another dime until I can make sure that that money going to him. Lock me up. She said, so order. <laughs> so yo, sure. I'm like, I'm like, no, 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 no. Oh. I'm, I'm kidding. She's like, oh no, no, no. You report there's a place here called the plumber center. So you report to the plumber center on weekends. Jesus. <laughs> right? Right. And so 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 fortunately here they have this thing i'm sure it's across the country right they have this thing called a purge amount okay so i was able to pay an amount of money so i never had to go to i never had to go to jail mm -hmm. but i was ordered to jail several times i remember one time i went off for arrears right mm -hmm. and uh, and they asked her they asked they asked kim they said um because 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 the other problem with child support is she's provided an attorney right oh. the 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 father 
ain't provided an attorney. You got to have your own attorney or you got to wing it. So a Are lot you of serious? going up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Particularly if she's provided an attorney by the system. Mm-hmm. Because remember, when you're on child support through the state, you're paying the state back for the state's support of the mom. Okay. Okay. Right? Wow. So she's provided an attorney. You're walk, you're walking in without an attorney. And I used to go to the court extra early because I knew how to dress these guys showing up their pants down, their hair mm-hmm. ain't done. I'm like, hey my man, you better get crucified. <laughs> so let me let me let me help you, mm-hmm. right? And some of the guys are who you think you're my man, you don't want to go in there like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you, you mm-hmm. don't want to go in there like that, right? So I remember one time I didn't have an attorney, but I've, I've always been articulate. I can communicate my ideas. I'm always going to dress well. And so <laughs> they asked Kim, they said, uh, what would you like to see happen to him? Now, we we the best of friends. We mm-hmm. were then. We are now. Right. Mm-hmm. Best friends. We still cool. They said, what would you like to see? <laughs> Yo, man, yo, they said, what would you like to see happen to, to Mr. Morton? She she leaned into the mic and oh, said, God. prison. <laughs> yo, I'm like, yo, we just talked out there. <laughs> and and so they said, Mr. Morton, would you, anything you like to say? Yes, there's something I want to say, <laughs> right? But there, there, there are, there, she, she was, on her side, they felt like the only way, I want you to listen to this. Mm-hmm. This was the frustration that brothers are going through. The only way for them to get those arrears paid is descending to jail. How does that make sense? How the heck he gonna pay? And now they're just dealing with this idea that arrears would accrue when you're in jail. And then when you got out, and your arrears are at a certain amount, they take your passport and your license, right? So, so, so yes, the system has to be revamped because that doesn't make sense. At all. But here's a part of what brothers have to be able to realize. Before you smash my man, mm-hmm. play all that. Mm-hmm right? Mm-hmm. Play the ugliest reality that could ever come about and mm-hmm. then make your choice. And then when you make your choice, at the very least, you're able to accept the consequences of the decision that you made. Absolutely. Right? That's it. So, 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 so yeah, the system has to be revamped, but we got to make different kinds of choices about how we show up in the decisions that we're making. Man. <laughs> yo, yo, choice. She yo. said Prison. prison. <laughs> I know your eyes probably got as big as yo. That. I'm like yo, because because there were dudes that were genuinely going. I mean, it it's funny now, but it scared the heck out of me. I'm like yo, what's going? And I'm looking at her like we look, good, She's right? Man, look. <laughs> I gotta look. I got this. This is one of them things where we're gonna we're going It's gonna have to be a future event <laughs> to yes, really sir. sit down and really just ha- hash this out. Have men present, um, yes. and, and and hopefully we can we can make that happen in the future. But yes. before we go, 
Um, in October, you have the Capacity event in Destin, Florida. I want you to let everybody know about that so we can get the word out about that and and and, and make this thing happen big. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Uh, it's at the Sandestin Hotel Golf and Beach Resort okay. uh, in Destin, Florida. One of the single most beautiful resorts in the country. Um, and it's for it's for men who are attempting to find the sweet spot. Talk about the sweet like, spot. The sweet spot, usually as dudes, right? Uh, we call inside the remand project, we have three domains, mm-hmm. right? The life domain is a man mastering and ruling and dominating his finances, his fitness, and his fun, mm-hmm. right? The leadership domain is him mastering and dominating him being a husband, being a father, and son to an elderly parent. The legacy domain is how do I master business, um, cultural contribution or community contribution, and philanthropy, right? Mm-hmm. I should leave a financial legacy mm-hmm. uh, to, to this community. Right. Usually dudes hop between domains Correct. without being able to find the intersection or the sweet spot. The sweet spot is I've mastered all this. I know how to play the game. I don't have to sacrifice my family to do business. Right. Right. And right. I don't have to, I don't have to be so concerned about my family that I miss my own personal life. There is an ability for a man to master all those, all three of those domains at the same time. And yes, there are times where one will require more of you than the other, but you got to be able to find that sweet spot where you can, where you can master it all. A friend of mine, Pravi Pal, uh, I used to go golfing. My first time going out golfing, I hit a guy with the ball. They they refused to take me out <laughs> ever since, right? So I went to the driving range, man, <laughs> and I hit the ball and it sliced and went over the net and hit a guy on his hand. So so I have no integrity back then, bro. So so when I saw the, yo, <laughs> when I saw the dude get hit, I put my head down like it wasn't me. And one of yo, one of my boys, yo, one of my boys said, "Yo, Doc, you hit the guy." I'm like, "Yo, man, shut up! What are you doing? Put me on blast!" So I had to go over to the guy. I said, "Hey, man, that's my first time out. I apologize." He said, "Hey, buddy, just <laughs> yell four. If you yell four, I said, "Man, I know what four meant. Right, right. You hear it, but I know what four meant." And and about 15 minutes later, man, that dude had to leave. He had a knot on his hand like this, right? So I asked my friend, I said, hey, Prob, when can we go out again? And he said, oh, no, I ain't never taking you out. I ain't never taking you out again, right? So I mentioned that story because he often talks about when golfing, he talks about the sweet spot of the ball, mm-hmm. right? That less is more, that you don't have to be so aggressive. He said... He said, a smooth swing will take the ball. You ain't Mm got to kill the ball, right? Mm -hmm. All you got to do is master the sweet spot and the ball go where you want it to go. So I try to get brothers to understand 
that you can have it all, man. You can have a great family. You can have a great personal life. You don't have to lose your individuality and you can have a great business. You can master all of those and enjoy That's the incredible. life of your dreams. It's absolutely possible. That's incredible, man. Man, I'm so um, excited to be connected with you, man. And um, oh, man, thank you, bro. I think Likewise. there's, I think, thank you. I think there's a lot of alignment here. And yeah. um, pr- contrary to what people may think watching this, we have not had a ton of communication outside of right. just here and there on social media. And I think that's right. kind of the amazing part of this is that the alignment is that I've, I mean, of course, since you started Reman, I've been following and watching and, and, and seeing you do your thing. And it's been an inspiration to me. Um, okay. It's provided clarity on our end, you know, yes. in, in some different areas. And so I definitely um, want to stay connected uh, with you. Uh, tell everyone how can they find you, website, what all your, all yes. your contact info. Go ahead and give that out. Um, yes. um, and we'll make sure that we also include that in the descriptions on these videos, wherever they're going to be. So tell everybody how they can get in contact with you. Yeah, so they can go to remanproject.com, R-E-M-A-N-N-E-D, project.com. Um, and uh, for some reason, Facebook has blocked remainlive.com. So, so they said I violated some policy, and I don't know what the policy, some community standard, I don't know what it it's is. It's always something with Facebook. Right? <laughs> so, so, but if they want to hear more about um, the conference, they go to remainlive.com, R-E-M-A-N-N-E-D, live.com, and be able to register uh, for, for the conference. And uh, it's a good family vacation too. So mm-hmm. several of the guys are bringing their wives and families, their wives and children are gonna do their own thing. There is one particular session that is for families, mm-hmm. uh, but the rest of the time is for men and men only. Awesome. Um, so they can go there. And then if, uh, and I, I wanna talk with you about this too, man, there's a, uh, a new app that's out uh, that allows people to contribute uh, to nonprofits like ours, mm-hmm. right? In a way that's just crazy. Um, and so uh, there's a QR code that I'll provide you. Mm-hmm. Guys can go on QR code, read about the Remand Project, give uh, a non or a tax deductible uh, donation to the Remand Project, because a part of what we're endeavoring to do now is to help to pay the child support arrears of the dudes that are really behind. They cannot get a license if they don't have their arrears paid and they can't pay their arrears if they don't have a job and get to a job, right? So we wanna do our best to help brothers in that area. Okay. Um, There's a process that they gotta go through to help us understand where they are. Uh, But if they go to remanproject.com, remainlive.com, they can, find out more about the conference and the remain project in both those places. Awesome. Awesome. Guys, I, oh, Dr. Morton, Don, my Don, brother. yeah, man, <laughs> Don is great. No, nah, man, I, I really appreciate you. And, and I, I definitely believe in, in respect and honor. And um, I thank you for the nuggets. I'm going to have to go back and watch this again. Um, take some more notes because I have some selfish reasons for these podcasts and it's because I want to learn. You know, yes, sir. Um, and you have provided an incredible amount of value for us. And I just want to thank you for taking time out of your day 
um, to share with us. And I'm looking forward. Um, maybe in the future we do a follow up. Um, yes, sir. Once, you know, keep people updated. I, w- I would love to have you kind of uh, continually on. And uh, we are sending one of these your way. I love it, man. Yeah, Thank you. So we got our coin out. I'm going to definitely get one up to Delaware for you, man. Yes, sir. And, uh, Thank so I'm you, get you, Yes, sir. I'm going to get your address. And I'll get that out for you. Everybody, thanks for listening in. Let's go ahead and hit this outro. I'll be right back with you. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to this episode of the High Performance Fatherhood Podcast brought to you by 300 Fathers. If there are topics that you would like for us to discuss on this podcast, feel free to email us at podcast at 300fathers.com. To connect with us, you can find us everywhere on social media at 300 Fathers. Thanks again for listening.